Amen. Welcome. Uh, welcome to church. Uh, welcome if you joined us online too as well. Uh, it's so good to be in the house of God. And uh, what, a, what a great summer we're having so far. Are you enjoying it? Everybody, has anybody gone on their trip already? A few of them? <clears throat> if not, you're probably going to leave for a few days and won't see you. But, you know, we're leaving in, uh, I'm leaving maybe at the end of this week, gone for a couple of weeks. Uh, but listen, we have, if you don't see us for a, a little while, we haven't abandoned you, just to let you know. But uh, there are people here to take care of your needs. I know that Dave and Yolanda, you guys are going to be here. So don't call us, call them. Okay? <laughs> <clears throat> or call the church office. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I hope you enjoy your... We tell people on holidays, many are away. Um, <clears throat> earlier this week, my wife said, Sweetie, uh, honey, you got to look at this. And uh, this was an actual online survey uh, where uh, people like what they were asked uh, what they uh, would want. Hold on a second. There we are. Okay. We're okay. All right. So, <clears throat> and here's what people said they wanted. This is actual. This is real. Okay. Okay. So, there, here's what they wanted a pastor. They preach for exactly 12 minutes. <laughs> okay. They are 28 years of age, but have been preaching for 30 years. <laughs> they work from 8 a.m. until midnight every day, but they are also the caretaker. They frequently condemn sin, but never upset anyone. They wear good clothes, buy good books, drive a good car, uh, give generously to the poor, and have a low salary. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> they make 15 calls, daily calls to parish families and visit the, the housebound, the hospitalized, and spend all their time evangelizing the unchurched and are always in the office when they are needed. They are also very good looking. <laughs> I might as well just get off the stage right now, right? <laughs> I don't fit any one of those qualifications, do I? Or oh, maybe the last one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're into our series called um, Focus. And I think this is, we're going to um, take this series and we're going to put it throughout the summer. So we're going to continue this series right into August because there's so many things that we need to focus on these days that we get our eyes off. So that's why we're doing this series, okay? So let's pray. Father, we dedicate this time to you. Father, I pray that you would burn this word into our heart this morning by your spirit. I pray that you would write this word on our hearts, not just get into our minds, but let it get right down to the heart and let it be translated beyond the heart right to our feet so that we are just not hearers of the word, but we're also doers for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Sorry, just going to have to cough a bit there. Okay, so last week, I started talking about the God-first life. And I said that the God-first life is the best life, it's the most attractive life, and it's the most blessed life. It's a life of good things, a life that God wants you and I to have. Now, this life, all, all these good things, you know, like, like joy, happiness, peace, security, protection, comfort, all these things and more, all these things are the result. They're the byproduct 
of putting God's, putting God first through a byproduct. And if you get God's divine order right, then all your needs will be met. This week, my message is entitled, Your Highest Priority. Your Highest Priority. Today, we're going to talk about what Jesus talked about the most. His highest priority. Matthew chapter 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. The New English Version says this, but uh, the words of Jesus, but above all, pursue his kingdom and righteousness. Now you read these words of Jesus and you know immediately he's talking about priority, isn't he? Years ago, when we first, you know, we got saved, we, started, we came into the church, and that's a few years ago. You know, we were taught about priority. And we were taught God first, of course, God first. And then family, and then church, and then job, and then ministry. But listen, the, the kingdom of God is not a task list. It's not a cross-off list where Jesus is at the top. But, the, but rather, the kingdom of God is to be incorporated into everything on this list, into every area of your life. Do you agree with that? Okay, say with me these words, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Jesus was being questioned by Pilate. He was arrested. Next day, he appeared before Pilate, and he was asked by, no, and he was, he, he, he was asked by Pilate, are you the king of the Jews? And then John chapter 18, verse 36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent the arrest, my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. My kingdom is from another uh, place. And the reason that I'm here is because I am a king. And I'm representing a kingdom. I am bringing the kingdom of God's truth to this earth. This kingdom has already come and it keeps on coming and it will keep on coming through people who are kingdom-minded and serving the king, serving Jesus. Say with me these words now. I have a purpose. God has a plan for my life. Point number one, you have a purpose. You have a purpose on your screen. God's plan for your life is to live in his kingdom and to advance his kingdom. Live in his kingdom, advance his kingdom. Listen, this is the very reason why you're still here on this earth, that when you got born again, you didn't get immediately translated to heaven because you're here for a purpose. This is the very core of your existence. You are here on purpose with a purpose, for a purpose. God intended you to be here living on this earth right now. God never intended you to, uh, uh, intended us to just be living on this earth, just going on day by day, apart from his presence and from his purpose, apart from him. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does 
the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. <clears throat> I underlined in there three times. What does it say? Work. It says, he says, work, work, work. And, and I believe this is true. We live in a culture that says, don't work too hard. We live in a culture that has a fear of doing too much. You know the only place in the Bible where it tells us where we shouldn't work too hard? You know the only place where God says that? You know where it is? When it comes to making money. He says, when it comes to trying to get rich. Proverbs 23, verse 4. Do not worry yourself out to get rich. Cast but a glance at riches, and they'll be gone. And then in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, Paul says, So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will, ra- we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. There's going to be times, there's going to be seasons in our life when we're going to have to work hard, when we're going to have to make sacrifices in order to serve our king, to to serve Jesus. And I believe we're heading into that season now. I believe that God is saying, now is the time of my harvest. Acts chapter 14, 22 says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. You know, I've read many stories of men and women serving Jesus passionately, tirelessly, and they they were energized by Holy Spirit. And when they died, they knew their lives were well spent. Serving in the kingdom of God is about working while, still, while there still is the light of day. Serving in the kingdom of God is all about loving God. And how do we love God? We love God. One of the ways we love God is by loving people. Helping people. Telling them the good news, the gospel of what Jesus Christ did for them. And it's about also joining with God's people to serve and to honor one another. You know, and it's, and it's more than that. It's being willing to get our hands dirty, doing what Jesus would do. Why did Jesus come? He came to serve, not to be served. He is the perfect model of a, 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 of a great leader. Jesus modeled true leadership through serving. You know, and this world has a concept like, if you're a leader, then people should serve you. But that's not the way. Jesus turned it all the way around. Totally the other way around. He says, I'm a leader, so I'm going to serve you. He grew in his significance because he was a servant. Servanthood gave him great power. Made him very, very prominent. And that's what serving does for us too as well. I'll put it this way. Serving, it's your life force. Serving gives you power and influence. We were all made on purpose for his purpose, and that's to live in the kingdom 
and to advance it. Okay, now see, I have a priority. I have a priority. Number two, you have a priority. Here it is on your screen. You are here to serve the progress and the interest of the kingdom. Whatever is first in your life is your priority. Everything flows out of priority, doesn't it? If your job is your priority, everything flows out of your job. If your family is your priority, then your family will take precedence. If money is your priority, then all your time and your resources are going to go towards making more money. Jesus talked about his greatest priority. Luke chapter 4, 43. says, Now when it was day, he departed and went to a deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. Jesus said, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to promote, I'm going to explain about the kingdom so that the kingdom of God can be written on the hearts of God's people, so that the kingdom of God can expand and grow, so that people who live on this earth can live under God and over this world. First John chapter 4, verse 5, verse 4. For everyone born of God does what? Does what? Overcomes the world. Some people will overcome the world. A few will. Is that right? No. Everyone born of God has the power to overcome this world. God will give us power. This, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. It's through our faith and our trust in God. We are called to be overcomers over this world, right? But you cannot be an overcomer unless you learn to live under Christ. Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over my relationships. He's Lord over my marriage. He's Lord over my job, my career. He's Lord over my money. He's Lord over my free time. He's Lord over my hobbies. He's Lord over everything. Amen? We should be shouting amen to that. The big reason why a lot of people can't live over is because they can't, because they refuse to live under. I love the words of Kevin Gerald. He said, living under is how you get over. Living under is how you get over. Isn't that great? <clears throat> the more you live under God, the more you live over the world. The more your life aligns up with God's word, the more stable, more blessed your life will be. Understand that? To get over fear, you've got to live under God. To, to get over offenses, you've got to live under God. To get over discouragement, live under God. To get over, get over depression, live under God. To overcome the world, live under God. Stay under his government, stay under his authority, and you will overcome the world. That's the promise of God in his word. Jesus came to put us in our rightful place. And that is to be under the king 
and to be over the world. Say with me, I have a privilege. You have a privilege. And what a great privilege it is. On your screen, being a part of the kingdom of heaven is the greatest privilege that you have on this earth. One of my favorite parables is the parable of the hidden treasure. And in and through this parable, Jesus explains and talks about this greatest privilege that we have. It says in Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like hidden treasure in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had, and he bought that field. The kingdom of God is the treasure, is the treasure, and being a part of it is the single greatest privilege that you and I have as believers here on this earth. Do you believe that? Jesus says, and it says right there, in joy, in joy, in his joy, he went and sold all that he had. He came upon this treasure, and he looked at this treasure, and this treasure was so great, so valuable, he looked at it, stumbled across it, and he said, I just, I just gotta have this. This, this, is, this, is, this is more than, this is more important than anything that I have in my life. This, this is even more important than anything that could, I could ever possess in my life. This is too good to be true. Yahoo! Mountain Dew. Father didn't say that. <laughs> Maybe he said that. And Jesus says, he, so he sold everything that he had, and he bought what? That field. If you want the treasure, you've got to buy the field. Now, let me take you back. I want to take you back to that moment of time, and maybe it was just a quiet time when you found your treasure in Christ. And it dawned on you, and you realized, and you understood that there's actually a God in heaven who sent his son to die the most horrible death so that all my sins could be forgiven. Too good to be true. That God would actually send his son Jesus to die on the cross so that I could have the hope of salvation. Wow. Wow. So how do I get on in, in on this, on all of this? No. It's so easy for us to, for, to forget about the true value of the treasure that we have found. So easy, isn't it? And I, I believe that, you know, what we have through Christ, and I know for sure, it's greater than anything we could ever get out of this world, isn't it? And I believe even now, today, that he is calling us back to the treasure. He's calling us back to the greatest privilege, and it's the privilege of just being a part of that kingdom. Let me ask you, are you thankful for the kingdom? Are you thankful for the kingdom? I want to remind you 
that the moment you were born again, the moment, the split second that you received Christ into your heart, you entered into his kingdom. And it's the kingdom with these things on your screen. It's the kingdom with the king to lead, to lead your life in a love relationship. It's the kingdom with the government, the word of God, the way that we are to live our life. It's a kingdom with a territory, a world to reach, and the greatest, greatest purpose to live for. It's a kingdom with citizens, with a people and a place to belong to called the church, the local church. And let me see, all the aspects, all the aspects of the kingdom are intended, are meant, are designed to be lived out in and through the context of the local church. The local church, the church is the greatest, the most essential institution on the face of the earth. And right now, the world doesn't see it that way, and neither do a lot of Christians. I think in general, we as the body of Christ, we don't see and we don't value the church the way those early New Testament believers did. Here's the here's, here's truth. You cannot separate the church from the kingdom. You cannot separate the church from the kingdom, right? And this church is the church that Paul talked about in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 24. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. It's his body, and through his body, he speaks through his body, through the church he acts, and through his body, or through his church, he fills everything with his presence. Wow. What's the bottom line conclusion? What's Paul saying here? The church is Jesus. The church is Jesus. And here's the thing about the church. The church will never end. The church will never end. And the more the world tries to put an end to the church, the bigger, the stronger it's going to get. You know, what caused the early church in the New Testament to explode in growth and power? You know what it was? Persecution. Persecution by the government, by the Roman Empire, and by religious people. It caused the church to grow like crazy. And like I said, you cannot separate the church from the kingdom. You cannot separate the kingdom from the church. Well, I don't really need the church. I'm fine. I'm a believer. So are the monkeys. That's a joke. <laughs> I'm sure. I know I'm fine. I'm a believer. I'm in the kingdom. Wrong. You cannot separate the kingdom from the church and the church from the kingdom. Right? Because the kingdom on your screen is the purpose. The church is the vehicle that God uses to advance his purpose on this earth. Who are the, who's the church? I am the church. You are the church. I love this country of Canada. <clears throat> we just celebrated July the 1st. You know, and there's so much emphasis on trying to quash the celebration of Canada, our heritage, and where we've come from. But I love this country. 
You know, and there's no other country on earth I've ever wanted to live in. And I'm so thankful for the freedoms that we have had in Canada, freedoms that we are, are in a danger of losing. I'm going to say that. We need to fight for those freedoms. We need to stand up against all the stuff that's trying to come into our country. Because we love this country, don't we? And we've invested our lives in here. And, you know, we're, and we're fighting for the freedom, not just our freedom, but for the generations of our children and our grandchildren to come. And it's worth fighting for. It was a battle that got those freedoms. We battled to keep them. I love this country. But even more so, I love the church. And we've in, we've, we invested in our, our lives, Karen and I, to serve it and to advance it. I'm all in for the church. It's my highest priority. It's my privilege. And that's going to be my, my signature you know, theme and message all the time I, when I preach. Church, church, church. You've got to be a part of this church. You know, we get to choose how we respond to church. Many people have walked away from church and are still walking away from church. You know, and it's those people that I hear are just walking away totally from church. It's those people I'd like to sort of grab a hold of and just kind of shake them and say, but wait, wait. You know, like, think about what you're, what you're going to do. I mean, you're ready to give up. And to leave, you're, you're ready to give up on your kingdom equity, on, on your relationships, on your purpose. You know, you're, you're willing to walk out on all of that? Wow. You know, in our thinking, we need to go higher. We need to go kingdom. You know, without church, I wouldn't even know God. I wouldn't know God without church. I wouldn't even be here today. You know, in the world, in this world, it's so easy to easy to get lost, to lose focus of who we are and what God has called us to do on this earth. And that's why the Word of God tells us in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, this is why it is so crucial that we be all the more engaged and attentive to the truths that we have heard so that we do not drift off course. Navigators of old, and I've taught this before, not navigators of old, when they got lost or they got off course, what did they do? They focused, refocused on the North Star, on the North Star, true north. How do, you find the, how, find, how do you find true north? The North Star is right at the very tail end of the Little Dipper. In the universe and throughout the seasons, you can always look at that North Star. It'll always be in the same place, in the same direction, in this very same position in the universe, while everything revolves because the earth turns and we're in orbit. But everything, every, the only thing constant is the North Star. And we think about our life, our life, when everything is changing, everything is shifting, everything is unreliable, what do we do? We can focus on our true north. Question, what is our true north? You know what our true north are, is or are? They are the promises and the principles of the kingdom. The promises and the principles of the kingdom of God are our true north. And that's what Jesus talked about all the time. We live in, two, we live in a world with two kingdoms, two powers, the kingdom of light 
And the, king, the kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light, of light. The kingdom of darkness gets its power by the promotion of lies and deception. Be careful what you're hearing today. Be careful of what you're seeing and believing. Because a lot of what we're hearing through these so-called reliable sources is not true. There's so much deception. There's so much lies that are being presented as truth and is bringing hopelessness and is bringing darkness into people's lives. I always say, check out true sources. Check out viable, other viable sources. Check out the truth. When you hear about climate change, global warming, here, check out other sources. Check them out. I'm not saying they don't exist, but check them out for yourself. Even check out reports about the coming alien invasions. True. You're going to hear about them. And they're going to look so real because Hollywood produced anything right now. It's going to scare the H out of people. It's all about fear and control. The kingdom of darkness gets its power for the promotion of lies and deception. God's ex God is exposing darkness today. God is exposing. He's bringing it to light. And he's even using media. The number one motion picture in America today is this movie right there, The Sound of Freedom. I haven't seen it yet, but it's an incredible movie. Yeah, two and a half hours. True story. It's an expose of the, of the horrendous child sex trade in America, in North America. And they said... Go out and watch it soon because it soon may be censored. It's exposing the truth and the powers of darkness operating through people don't like it. On opening day, it was a number one box. It was number one at the box office. Even outdid the latest new Indiana Jones movie. I want to tell you, God is on the move. God is on the move. The kingdom of, of darkness it's empowered by lies and deception. The kingdom of God gains its power, takes hold in our lives through God's truth. God's truth. By the revelation and by the interpretation of Holy Spirit. The Bible says the man without the Spirit of God cannot understand the things of God. They are a foolishness to him because he can't discern them. That's why you need to be born again. That's why you need to be filled with Holy Spirit. That, that's, you know, you need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can develop that. You need to talk with the Holy Spirit. You need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God gains its power in our lives through God's truth. And you gain power over this life by the continual revelation of truth. The power of the kingdom is in its truth. The power of the kingdom is in his truth. So either you're being transformed by truth or you're being conformed to the patterns of this world and you end up with the same thoughts, same fears, same desires, 
same issues, same struggles, and so on. I'm just about done. You know, it's so easy to take our eyes off the kingdom. But God wants us to refocus onto the kingdom of God. Come back to true north. Come back to the unwavering, unchanging word of God. That's what's happening. You know, and let's be honest. Let's be honest. We, we look at what's happened over the, over the past three years. You know, and th- this pandemic caused a lot of wavering and a lot of fear. And let's be honest. COVID scared the pants off a lot of people, including me. But you know, it was designed and it was meant to do what it did. And what it did was scattered a lot of people. It scattered the people, even scattered the church. But here's the thing. God is greater. God works out everything for his good and for his glory. And what was a time of the great scattering is now becoming the time of the great gathering of God. Amen. You know, at the, at, the, uh, at the beginning of this decade, the year 2020, you know, 2020, there's a lot of implications and I heard a lot of words, but, but I remember specifically hearing words about this, this coming decade starting in 2020. And many words were, were spoken. And some of the, the words that were very similar were words like, what will happen in this coming decade will literally change the world. Probably one of the most world-changing decades in history is the one we're living in right now. And what will happen in this decade will literally change the world. And it will be a time of great upheaval, but will also be the time I set up for the greatest revival and move of God the world has ever seen. Are you glad you're in the kingdom? Amen. Can you say with me? Your kingdom come. God, your will be done. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Today you may be here or maybe watching and maybe there's this emptiness in your heart. There's something missing in your soul. I want to tell you what you're missing. You're missing Jesus. You're missing a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And you're missing this treasure that God wants to give you. God wants to give you something so precious so valuable called the kingdom of God, a relationship with Jesus, the hope of eternity, eternal life, salvation. God wants to give you all that. And today you can receive that. But first, you've got to let go of your old life. You can't. God doesn't want to come into your life. He wants to give you a brand new life. Amen? If that's you today, I want to tell you, God has a priceless gift that he wants to give you. And just by praying this prayer and by really meaning it, you can receive it. So when you pray this prayer, you you want to receive Christ, 
you pray it with all your heart. Amen? So let's pray. Lord Jesus, Father God, thank you for proving that you love me by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Today, Lord, I believe in you and I receive you and I invite you into my heart to be Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Now with our heads bowed, eyes closed, if you said that prayer for the very first time you're here, will you raise your hand and raise it high and keep it waving so we can see you? If you said that prayer, right after the service, I invite you to go back to the Connections desk. We have a gift for you and the next step in your faith walk with Christ. If you're watching online and you said that prayer, touch that hand at the bottom of the screen, contact that number, and we'll tell you what your next step faith of God will be too as well. Amen? Thank you for joining us today. We know the greatest decision in your life is to receive Jesus. If you said that prayer, welcome to Jesus. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to God's family. Amen.